Hey everybody, you have Jake back again, and I am not going to lie to you, I'm a little bummed after this finale. So, I think the show had a rocky start, I think it started to really build momentum in mid-season, but it really just crashed hard right right here, at least in the finale, in my opinion. I'm going to recap the story, uh, just because I really think I need to, just uh, one therapeutically, and also to just lay out what a train wreck it was. So Jeff's, Jen's life is uh, in shambles at the start of the episode due to her not so rampage at the end of last week's episode. However, friends Nikki and Pug take action. They're able to secure Pug's entry into an intelligentsy event that happens to be held at Abomination's compound. We learned that the tech bro Todd Phelps is actually the Hulk King. He was in, he's behind the intelligentsia and stole her blood. We also learned the abomination is apparently doing all these unhealthy ma t uh, male toxic masculinity bro events uh, on the side to pay for his spa compound, making him kind of a, not kind of, he's a hack and a liar and a little bit of an opportunist and a criminal. Um, he has been turning into an abomination for these types of uh, private events that the intelligentsia is paying for. And allow me to rephrase that because it wasn't clear. The abomination is hosting the intelligentsia event at his own compound. <clears throat> he tells Jen he's just putting on a show, but then Titania shows up. Oh, sorry, Jen shows up. Titania shows up. Bruce, then Bruce shows up. He starts fighting abomination. Then Todd takes out the blood, turns into his own version of the Hulk. There are like two Kool-Aid, at least two Kool-Aid guy moments in this one scene. Then Jen does a, a Zach from Saved by the Bell pause, and then she goes to and proceeds to break the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth walls by my count. You see her pop up onto the Disney menu screen, so you break out of that, walk around there. She shows up in the Marvel office, and it was actually a funny scene where she needs to uh, sign in with the uh, receptionist. Apparently, I think that was actually Kevin Feige's real receptionist. Um, that whole joke was funny. Then she has to fight her way through security guards, which was really the lamest sequence yet. It reminded me of the Black Widow fight from Iron Man 2, although I actually enjoyed that. I thought that was definitely more interesting and entertaining and imaginative than this fight. One other note on this fight, uh, not only does it, 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 it's not good, it's not good from a storytelling standpoint, because she's just beating the snot out of a bunch of hardworking guys for no reason. Then she breaks into... Speak to Kevin, who we always believe is supposed to be Kevin Feige. Spelled um, Kevin, all caps, period in between. I, again, supposed to be a funny joke on Feige. It's, in fact, a, a drone or an AI that we learned is responsible, named Kevin for creating, for all the creative decisions at Marvel. Think of a South Park, for South Park fans, think of their joke about how family guy writers are just porpoises, um, just pushing random balls with words on them together to, to write the jokes. Again, a little more than that, not that he's completely random, but it's a joke on that, on Marvel, poking fun at themselves. At this point, Jen starts talking to Kevin. They have a, um, it's not even meta. I mean, I don't know what to call it. It's not meta. They're, they're, they're literally talking about the MCU as we know it. So it's actually a very literal conversation. There's some funny jokes there about daddy issues with Marvel. That, that's common for all superheroes, but it, it's funny. Um, some funny jokes about the X-Men. And there, there's some interesting interesting tidbits there about the conversation about some of the themes and stuff we've talked about this this year and some good easter eggs and things for to chew on for fans but it 
they then use it for Jen to alter the reality. It's a do ex machina. I don't know if that even qualifies because it's literal. It's so literal. And then Jen is in charge of it. So it's as a character is in charge of their do ex machina. And she alters the reality so that Todd never gets her blood, doesn't have powers. I think it maybe erases that whole storyline of her hooking up with that guy and get the revenge porn. You have Hulk not showing up, uh, but Daredevil does now. So, and their relationship is kind of back on. Uh, Emil ends up being sorry for his actions, ends up going to jail. Uh, everything's okay, and uh, her world's okay again. And then the show ends up ends actually ends with her at a family barbecue. Hulk shows up again, and this time, oh, guess what? His son's back. His son is a major comic a character from the comics. Uh, he's from Sakar. He is a key young Avenger. Uh, I was just like, WTF? Like, to me, this felt like the goal the whole time. You, you, you heal Hulk's arm, you introduce Scar, and now you kind of, you have Jen, you have the Hulk family. But I just, I almost felt, I'm probably overthinking it, but I just, the late introduction of Scar felt so shoehorned in. I just, it throws me off. Again, it, to me, it almost makes the rest of this unimportant. As really, given, I think that's also too, in, in partly how they treated the show and the story arcs and their own characters. Um, and I'm just going to dive into that for a minute. I'm not going to do the three things. I'm just going to riff on this for a minute. Clearly, I did not like this finale. Uh, it, to me, it wasn't so as bad to ruin the show. It, it came, but it did come close. The first thing I want to say is I'm absolutely fine with breaking the fourth wall. I actually love how She-Hulk poked fun at superhero content and Marvel specifically, just the tropes, the mythology, some common themes. It, it's great. But there's been in on the joke, and there's been the joke. And I think this one pushed it too far. Now here, the show is roasting itself. The idea that Jen needs this do ex machina to resolve all of these conflicts, it, it it's because the show wrote themselves into this corner. It's They're parodying themselves, and it's not a good thing, or at least it's not a good way, or smart way, in my opinion. Like... I thought they were doing, watching the show, I thought after like the first 10 minutes in, I thought they were doing a parody. Um, and then once they paused it and broke the wall and did all this stuff, I, I, I kind of went back and just wish they'd done the parody. Like all the Kool-Aid guy moments, I thought it was going to kind of turn into an, an, SN, an SNL skit and she would be like breaking the fourth wall, making all these jokes. But this, I really, I wasn't excited for that, but at hindsight, I wish they'd done that. I mean, it was their fault that they had this stupid setup to the finale. I didn't like the developments for it. I, I didn't like how they were. I thought they had a lot resting in one show um, to tackle it all. Or, or but then I thought they were going to might leave things for next season. But to have it all come together, and halfway through the episode, I just the whole time I was like wondering how it was gonna going to go, and I don't think it went well. Um, now, talking about some of the changes they made. So Emil Blonsky, to me, of the Abomination is like the second or third most interesting villain we've ever had in the MCU. Maybe give him four. Uh, I think you put him, I put him up there with Loki. I put him up there with Killmonger. I put him up there with Thanos. And the reason for that is he was actually reforming. The way he positioned himself as the soldier in the beginning, how he went on this mission, he took an experimental drug. He went on a mission. He thought he was Captain America, but he came back like the Red Skull. Like, and he was going to fight the monster, the Hulk, but when it was over, he was, Hulk was the hero and he was the monster. And I, I thought that was such an interesting way to reframe it. And you see him on this path of growth and healing and you think that he's reformed. 
And then it just turns out he's a manipulative asshole and an opportunist and apparently a compulsive liar. He's at least an, ex an excellent liar. His redemption wasn't real, or at least in the sense that he was really sincere about what he was saying. Yeah, he kind of hints that he needs to do this to pay for his um, his group therapy and, and the healing and, and all of the good things he does. But th that's, like an, a, that's called a moral relativism, a moral equiv equivalency. It's not a good thing. Uh, doing one good thing does not erase bad things. And so the idea here that, and the show, I feel like knows that it, they're not giving him a, a break on that, but I just thought this character would recognize that and be above that, or at least the one we saw, which then leads me to believe he's too smart to not see past that moral equivalency or moral relativism, relativism, which means he's a liar and he's a bad dude. And I just, I was so disappointed and, uh, I, I just thought it was so interesting. This is the, really one of the few times we've seen, the only time I've seen a character really reform outside of Loki, um, and that happened in a very different sense. But this was like a, a much more human and possible reformation, like something we could see other characters go through, and it's something that happens in comics. Um, and then just the way, it, the way they threw it all away for basically a minor conflict at the start of this episode that was resolved literally by do ex machina by the end just felt very lazy. I, and I was just really disappointed, uh, especially cause I just invested in that storyline. Another thing here, again, the Gordian knot of storylines, I, I do not have sympathy for them for, for writing themselves into this corner. And I don't think it's creative to use do ex machina to write themselves out of all these different things. And so let's just talk about like the four or five story arc conflicts that are come together, smashed together. And like the, last half of this episode and are all resolved with her conversation with Kevin. You have, okay. You have the abomination rehabilitation story. You have the intelligentsia story. You have Jen's missing blood. Jen's missing cousin, Bruce. Jen's rivalry with Titania. Jen's relationship with Matt. And they're all addressed unilaterally by Jen in this unfunny sequence. I just, I did not like, I, I did not like it. I did not think it was funny. I did not think it was creative. And it just, they used it for one or two maybe, but they, they overdid it in terms of story resolution or arc resolution. The late introduction of Scar, the whole Scar to me just feels like this was the goal of all time. Again, you have Bruce healed up, Scar is, Scar is not established, Jen's a superhero. It just, to me, it feels like this was the goal, especially the way it's framed. Like, I don't know. I, I Okay, Scar is here. I know he's from the comics. I don't know anything about him. I'm supposed to be excited about him. I just, it was weird. Uh, and this is like right after giving Thor a child. Uh, Marvel is really fast tracking the push to the next generation. Like this should be something that they were like really leading to in phases five, six, seven. Like the, the fact that it's happening now is just really rushed for me, especially for these characters that are pretty new in the comics. Don't have a huge character or at least fan base. And you're just, now you're just throwing him in, but you're like, oh, Scar, yeah, no, here, here's, you're going to take over for the Hulk, or I, I just, I did not like it. And just, again, the, my biggest issue here, I'm a fan of story in general, and as a fan of this show and this story, I saw every long-term storyline that I liked and character I invested in pretty much treated as a joke. Uh, what's worse, the joke just went on too long, it was like 10 minutes it stopped being funny. And then at a certain point, the joke came at my expense. I get it. Superheroes are stupid. They're childish. They're mature. 
Um, but guess what? There are also the multi-million dollar budgeted projects that you're all working on. Uh, and you, this specific project was clearly aimed towards adults. You had a lot of shows earlier in the season that, as we said, tackled pretty adult themes, or at least maybe they did in childish ways, but there were adult topics being discussed. So why are you telling us how stupid we are for caring about any of this? Why am I the idiot for investing in these characters? Why am I an idiot for caring about the abomination or worrying about how Jen's going to resolve the the where her missing blood is? Like I, I don't again. I know these are MacGuffins. I know they're stupid storytelling devices, but I invested a season into them, and I just again, I feel like I'm the joke. Like, and the truth is, I don't care about a second season. I don't. I don't even care if they have a new writer, a new actress. I, I really, I just don't care. I don't trust them to treat it with any real gravita or weight. I, I it, It's a shame, but I don't care about the character. Um, and if they ever have her do that, like resolve a conflict in that way in another property, I, I'm just going to, if it's in a theater, I'm going to walk out. And if it's in a show, I'm going to turn it off. I'm sorry. It's, it is the laziest storytelling to me. It, that, was like proof of everything that people said is wrong about Marvel or like what is the worst thing about comic books. And I saw it in this episode. It was just lazy. It was, it was bad storytelling. And for me, I just really hated it. And again, it's, I think it's supposed to be funny. It's not funny. It's not smart. I just really did not like it. Obviously. Yeah. And, and again, here's the biggest sin breaking the fourth wall is a storytelling device. It's normally done in comedic fashion or to kind of help blur a viewer in a certain character's perspective or to add some level of responsibility or guilt onto the viewer, specifically in horror films. It's not used to quickly revolve conflicts, let alone multiple season-long story arcs leading to central and finale conflicts. I mean, for me, to see all those, again, to see all those conflicts unilaterally addressed by Jen in an unfunny sequence, it, which was basically a joke within a joke within a joke of how stupid Marvel is and how stupid this is, Clearly, I I don't get it. So, to me, the show's a joke. I thought I was in on it. Turns out I'm not. Again, I'm the joke because. But who cares? Who cares how they wrap up a nine episode or five out nine episode season season five hours of content? Why? Because only idiots and children are watching, and they'll tune in next year because they watch anything we put the Marvel label on. So do whatever you want. Thanks, Marvel. It's it's been great. Yeah. Can you please just end phase four? Just I'm so. It's been so underwhelming. You know, skip phase five, skip phase six, because I don't know what happened in that room. Like, I don't know what happened in that. I know they have this famous wall or storyboard with everything, and there's all the EPs and Figgy and all the brain trust goes in there. I have no idea what happened on that wall, or but they need to get back on track. I It is... Ugh, I am so wildly disappointed. And this is... Just so you know, I'm, this is coming now, like later in the year. Um, I'm just so disappointed. Uh, this is after a couple different things. I'm gonna save it for a larger pod with Seth, but yeah, I'm just I'm really disappointed. They're really lucky the DCU is such a mess right now, and that Sony's also a mess. They can't launch anything in their comic book universe outside of Venom. Um, and they're they're lucky. I mean, Marvel TV has just completely collapsed in on itself this year. Miss Marvel was fine, but it was also like so much wasted potential and, and it had its flaws. Moon Knight was not good. This series was uneven, then promising, and then just crashed and was overall disappointing. 
I mean, I'll watch an episode or two next year if Madison's in it or Wong or if there's another character I like. But I'm out on She-Hulk. And it sucks because I thought the actress did a great job here. Um, they really did a good job up until episode nine. <laughs> and they, they blew it. I, I, I'm trying to think of, of the I, – I can't think of anyone off my to, uh, top of my head, a worse finale. that just totally – especially a show that was doing so well, doing so well, doing so well, and then just completely not took the rug out from under me. I can't think of it. Um, I really I really don't want to. So I'm going to leave it at that. Leave it at that. It's like 17 minutes long. I'm sorry. I'm giving the show a four. It's it's fun, but not serious. I tackle serious and interesting topics, but in a silly world where those insights are just lost among the, the jokes and stupid jokes at that. So yeah, it's a four. It was interesting, but not anymore. Sorry, that's such a bummer. I feel like I've been ragging on these shows. I'm going to start doing some things that I like, I promise. Um, but yeah, She-Hulk, I wouldn't watch. Um, it's, it's not worth it. All right. Talk to y'all later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.